Hey everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods and DC Primetime, and I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already, and that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already, such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast, uh, in addition to our flagship show, The Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews. Great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show. Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. symbols into binary programming polynomials. I don't don't know what that means. (laughs) Yes, you do. Actually, I don't. I don't know what that means. I think there's some some short circuit's been fried up here, but it's fine. What are you talking about? I mean, I just don't understand the, the the thing you said. It's okay, though. matter? Molly said this would work. It did work. Ramon, you did it. I'm, ba- I'm back. I'm here. I mean, maybe I'm a little more average than I used to be up there. I'm here. Hey, there's nothing average about you. You have seven PhDs. Well, not anymore. <laughs> so so let's fix this. You, and you did. No, no, I didn't. Ramon, you did. You did. You brought me back. You brought back what matters. So what if I'm a, look? My whole life, I've been defined by one thing: my IQ. And somehow you've given me uh, a balance between my head and. Thank you for the balance. Now I'm going to take that balance to my earth. Wait, Harry, Harry, we just, we just got you back. No, I know, Iris. I have to go see my daughter. I mean, I might not have the intelligence to garner seven PhDs, but I can see one thing clearly. Family matters. 
Well, we're family too. Heck yeah, you are. Each and every one of you. I'll miss you. Okay. in this multiverse, but you, you're one of a kind. I love you too. Primers into this issue 110 of the DC Primetime Podcast here on the Next Level Podcast Network. From the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, as well as the soon-to-be-released We Have to Go Back Lost Free Visited podcast launching June 1st, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am a very not-feeling-well Rob Martin. (laughs) So you can tell. Yeah, uh, so I do apologize. I know I feel bad because this is a finale episode, so I uh, I will definitely be at uh, probably one of my lower ones for for a while. So I do apologize. I do have some health issues. Well, so it, unfortunately, I, today is not a good one for it. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons why you might not be feeling well is because of the finale this week that we have to talk about. <laughs> Uh, I, it wasn't that bad, um, but it was also not that great. No, so. I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, we have the Flash finale that we're going to talk, uh, Flash, uh, season four finale that we're going to talk about this week, as well as the latest episode of Supergirl, uh, which was basically just a kind of filler episode this season. So kind of lackluster week, even though there was only two episodes to talk about. Not anything really too thrilling. So I know we say this a lot, but um, yeah, this is going to be a relatively shorter episode because there's really not a lot to talk about, especially, you know, Supergirl, just some stuff that was just kind of thrown out there, maybe setting up the rest of the season a little bit. But I don't really think anything game changing happening in this episode. And then the Flash, which we'll break down a little bit as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, let's um let's do our ratings of the episodes, those being Sidekick Hero or Legend starting first with Supergirl season three, episode nineteen, Sidekick Hero or Legend. Uh this one is getting a hero for me. I, I don't think again, not a bad episode. It was uh some good stuff from Guardian, uh, which was great to see. Um and um some interesting changes in the by the end of the episode with Coville. Um so that was kinda kinda cool. But again, at the same time, 
uh, you could have just given me that stinger and I feel like I would have just been like, okay, I understand what everything was this week. <laughs> and that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you too. This is a mid-level hero for me as well. Again, kind of a filler episode. I think we only have what three episodes left. This was episode 19 and there's 20, 23. So there's four episodes left in mm-hmm. this season. So. Again, kind of a filler. There's still some stuff that definitely has to be fleshed out before the end of the season. So at the point that we're at now with five episodes left, I can understand a filler episode. It's perfectly fine. Uh, as long as they don't throw any more in between now and the end. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think, I, I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's getting down to the real big ending at this point. So yeah. So I mean, and we haven't been disappointed with this season pretty much at all. So. I mean, again, filler episodes are fine. Just between now and the end of the season, let this be the last one. Yeah, and I think I think more than likely that was as much of a filler episode we're going to get, I think, from here to the end. Yeah, so I agree. And I actually have a theory as to something as to why this, though being a filler episode, I, I still think there's some merit to this as to what's going to happen later in the season. So, uh, but of course, the other episode we have is the season finale of The Flash, season four, episode 23, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? I'm gonna say this is getting a mid- mid-level hero as well. Um, they, Flash playing it really safe this year, uh, and to the point where it felt like it did whole lot of nothing and it was a really uneventful end to what I thought was a really fun villain and it it just didn't feel like it, it 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 was willing to take any kind of risks this year and that was kind of disappointing yeah uh and of uneventful is the keyword i think uh, that's throughout this it, it's getting a mid-level hero for me as well there don't get me wrong there were some great moments of emotional things that happened that i absolutely loved about this episode but as far as DeVoe and the thinker, you're right. We got a built up to what was actually a really great villain by the end of the season. And it just kind of fell flat by the end as mm-hmm. to how they got out of the situation. So who knows? Hopefully they'll, they'll make an increase on it. You know, we've gotten three great finales out of this show so far. I guess they're, they're, de- they're about due to have a bad one. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and again, it's not necessarily a bad episode. There was just a lot lacking from it. Yeah, it, it's kind of like not a bad episode, but not a good finale. And that's those are two very separate things. A finale gets, as we always could have put it, the three, well, the four most important episodes in every you know season is your premiere, your mid-season finale, your mid-season premiere, and then your actual finale. And if you miss any of those and don't do a decent job with one of those, it really impacts your season in a big, bad way. Yeah. So, um and unfortunately, yeah, it was not a not a strong one going nope. out. Uh, all right. So let's jump backwards to Supergirl season three, episode 19. The fanatical, a disciple of Coville's escapes from what's left of his cult and gives Kara and James a journal that could help him save Sam. Uh, Guardian is found out as well. So we were led off last week with uh, episode 18 with the girl running with Coville's journal and they jump right to it. In the beginning of this episode, we now know who she is and what exactly the journal is and what the journal is for. Uh, we don't find that out till maybe about halfway through the episode, but you know, we now know exactly why that journal is so important and it is to create a new world killer. Which, uh, you know, like I so said, we can go all, I think all live on this one. I think that's okay. 
But I think for this one, man, they actually do. Uh, they actually make two new world killers uh, is kind of what we're led to believe for this episode. One that we see kind of, you know, shut down pretty quick. And then a big stinger at the end of the episode setting up another one. And in a very interesting way in a character that I don't think we expected to see that kind of fate for by the end of it, which was pretty kind of cool. So curious to see where that's going to go. Am I missing something? Because that the stinger that I remember is just seeing Coville at the end. Yeah, but he was touching the 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 unit that created the world killer. Oh, so are and, we, do you think we're led to believe that Coville himself could become a, a world killer? Yep, because they said, "Sir, are you okay?" He's like, "Oh, I'm better, better than better than okay now." So, like, he makes that line that definitely was him stating, "Yep, I'm now a world killer too." You know, the only thing that they didn't do was kind of like a CG effect on his pupil, but like the line said it all. Um, so I'm pretty sure that next week we will see Coville with the abilities of a world killer uh, come next uh, come next episode. Hmm. So I see that's something I didn't even think about when when he said mm-hmm. that line that that was something I never even really, really picked up on at all. <laughs> so, yeah, it was one of those ones where if like it, it was a blink and you miss it, like if you miss the line of dialogue the I think the reason behind of what he said could easily be missed because uh, it was just a very fast single sentence and it was just kind of not even a sentence it was like half a sentence <laughs> so yeah yeah it's pretty much very uh, leading us to believe that coville now has the abilities of a world killer by the end of the episode well that kind of changes the theory that i had then and um i think in a much better way uh because my original theory is i know i've seen pictures online and i think it's supposed to happen this week uh on this week's episode but i know actually is supergirl on this week it is memorial day so, uh, yeah, it is. Okay. I just wanted to double check. Um, I had a theory because I know I did see images of Erica Durance finally returning to the show. We've only seen her maybe twice throughout in brief images of, uh, you know, visions in Kara's head. Um, Erica Durance playing her Kara's mother. And I know she was supposed to return. So I thought maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it was a way to bring her back into it and that she was recreated through this process that Colville was doing, but. Um, maybe that's not the case now. Maybe she's coming back in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But yeah, so I mean, we did get to see a lot out of that. And again, a lot of that happens to be a a lot of it, you know, tended to be a filler. But if it if it, it does lead, in fact, to Colville becoming a world killer, then it does go back to what I said earlier in that while a filler episode, there are ramifications that will reverberate through the rest of the season. Is that we know how Colville can become a world killer. And one of the other things that kind of came out of this too is Lena. And I'm going to say, I mean, it is television. It's probably what's going to happen. But realizing that what can create a world killer can also undo a world killer and is possibly a, a cure for Samantha. And my first thought to this, and maybe this is me thinking too realistically now, is when she says, well, if this can create a world killer, we can just reverse it and undo a world killer. And I'm thinking, I'm like, this is not baking a cake. (laughs) If you you take the pieces apart, you don't get the individual pieces back. Like it's comic book logic. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you automatically assume you could just immediately reverse the process and this is a cure? The only thing I know of that you can do that to is jello. You know, yeah, <laughs> you heat up Jello and it reverts back to liquid. It's, but you know, it's it's so funny that you're right. It's that comic book logic that like, oh, we automatically assume we can reverse it and cure. I'm like, no, this is not like, like I said, well, like baking a cake. 
It's 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 scientific television shows done with the purview of like, look, we have a giant evil virus, and all we need to do is get a copy of the virus again and in a raw form, and then we have our antidote. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. That's exactly. not how this works. I know. <laughs> but it's but so... that's 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 TV logic for you and comic book logic, and it's uh, yeah, that's. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, hey, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, if we just reverse the cake, we get our eggs back and our flour back. And, and no, it doesn't work like that. So, yeah, that would be awesome. I'm like, man, this was not a good meal, but I can, <laughs> I can totally make this hamburger that was kind of substandard. A wonderful taco in about twenty minutes. You know, there's a storm so. coming, and the supermarket's all out of milk, eggs, and sugar. Let's just reverse a cupcake. Yeah, <laughs> and we, and we got it. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. But you're right. It's comic yeah. book logic. And it just I thought about that upon my second viewing of Supergirl. And it just it kind of made me laugh a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I mean, outside of the the whole Coville, the, the I was going to say the Coville clan, uh, it's the Coville cult. And, you know, creating a world killer and everything behind that. There's a little bit more that happens other world behind the scenes. We obviously got a little more with James and a little bit more to his story this week. And I'm really glad they did one thing. Uh, they explained one thing in the episode because there was that moment where, you know, um, oh God, and I can't remember, uh, the character's name, the girl that actually ends up becoming, um, Olivia. Uh, you know, Olivia shoots Guardian in the face, can, face in his mask splits. And I, the first time that happened before it's explained to us that they're armor piercing bullets, because why wouldn't a cult have army, armor piercing bullets? Uh, you know, is how did a single bullet shatter a helmet that's supposed to be bulletproof? And directly right down the middle seam, like perfectly. <laughs> yes, ex- exactly. Um, you know, a couple small nitpicks of the episode. I know another moment that I kind of nitpicked at was when Guardian is chasing Olivia and the rest of the cult after they had kidnapped Tanya. You know, there's a moment where one of the guys pulls out a, a rocket launcher. And I'm like, yeah, because why wouldn't a cult have a rocket launcher? At the same time, just in their car. And when he shoots it at Guardian, it's literally, there's no debris. It's just flames. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that Guardian drives through on his bike. And, I'm, and, and it was at that point, I'm like, all right, I think I'm nitpicking this episode a little too much. It's okay. So, you know what it is? Again, um, I don't, I think this kind of happens to us, I think, near, near the end of season's end where like, our uh, our BS detectors go off a little bit more <laughs> yeah. so because we've been we've consumed so much comic book media by this point in time of every year that we our uh, our room for error slowly gets smaller and smaller. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> but I think o- that's okay. Not only that, but when there are episodes that are like really well written and full of excitement, you tend to not even pay attention to the nitpicks. But when mm. it's an episode like this where it's just a filler episode. There's not really a lot going on. Your attention span starts to automatically look for things like that. So that's why, you know, I noticed that a cult just happened to have a rocket launcher and armor piercing bullets, that the rocket was only producing flames and that's about it. Uh, you know, so there, there's, we're going to pay more attention to those nitpicks when the episode's not as exciting, especially now, as you mentioned, that we're at the end of the season and we're just kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm so sucked into the comic book stuff that i'm looking forward to the summer so we can take a break Mm -hmm. and that's the downside is i think supergirl i think for especially for our show has got a um it's gonna have a rough battle for the next four weeks because it's (laughs) the only show on our our our, our, you know podcast that we're gonna be talking weekly and uh that may not do it favors yeah so 
Yeah, exactly. It might hurt. Because it. we'll have a lot. We have a, we'll have the ability to really look at those episodes in full, give it a lot more time to make those discussions. And I think if if there's you know some holes in the armor, we're going to see them pretty clearly. So, yeah, because our focus is there. Our focus isn't mm-hmm. anywhere else. So yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to see them and we're probably going to pick them apart a little bit more than we should. I mean, again, like uh, we never nitpick special effects in the past, but now that, like you said, we're at the end of the season, there was only two shows to watch this week. The finale that was kind of, that we did watch other than this was kind of lackluster. And I watched that first. I didn't even watch super go until after I watched the flash. So I was kind of already like a, a low <laughs> for, for the week. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, but I mean, other than, you know, we get a little bit more into Jimmy's back, into James's backstories, we find out, you know, by the end of this episode that he is actually completely willing to reveal himself to the city as Guardian. And he's ready to out himself if it means, you know, and, and we kind of go into the, the racial profiling again. Like there, there was a lot of him black lightning and such. And it seems like Supergirls took up the mantle of that this episode, telling the story about how he was put in handcuffs at seven years old and for a misunderstanding of being in a, in a home on vacation and, you know, police thinking they were breaking and entering and, and such. Um, not just him, but I think his brother and his family as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah. you know, and, and he's willing to reveal himself as guardian if it means putting a positive spotlight on, on his race and, you know, that somebody of his color could become a vigilante. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, very much so. And I mean, I will say, I do think that story was a little bit more heavy handed than normal. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, so I definitely kind of docked a few points from it because, like, we've gotten that done so well elsewhere in the, the Arrowverse this year. And I think, um, it was, it was a little excessive on this episode. I feel like they, they leaned into it a little heavily because they did that a couple weeks back too with, uh, uh, Marin and John where you, you got a little bit about that in, in a quick sequence a couple weeks back where I think the writing wasn't up to caliber to make that kind of work. And you saw it again here. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, other than, you know, the guardian stuff and the world killer stuff and, and Colville and the cult and, and, those moments of the show really the only other things that we got we got a little bit more with john and marin uh you know and and helping them cope and as well as alex and uh ruby uh you know alex helping ruby kind of cope with the fact that she knows that her mom is is rain uh Mm -hmm. and we see that really touching moment of you know alex or ruby and Marin playing foosball, which, uh, you know, (laughs) it was a cute scene. It was a cute scene. Yes, it it really was. Um, So I I don't know really if there's much else to talk about. I mean, we do get a lead in into next week's episode by the end of this. Uh, But other than those things, unless I'm really forgetting anything, I don't know if there's much else to talk about. No, I mean, like the cult stuff is a very by the numbers thing. It's like, let's find this way to create another world killer using Koval's journal. They we get a nice appearance of Mike again <laughs> of Monel. Yes. Uh, kind of reverting a little bit more to the Monel we had of last year. A little bit more, you know, playful and fun uh than we've seen him so far this season. And it was a nice uh nice callback, and I think we're gonna see a little bit more of that version of him again now that the Legion's gone for the rest of the season, or for the mo- at least what we expect for the to be the bulk of the rest of the season. Uh yeah, but hopefully I, I we think- see them come back. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I think all in all, though, it was uh, still nicely t- uh, ni- nicely done, you know, with 
with what they played with. But again, not a huge major importance of an episode. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the distrust between Lena and uh, Supergirl continues. And we're going to see that continue to uh, kind of fall apart until season's end where we'll probably see uh, Lena find out about uh, Kara's identity. Uh, I would assume at this point in time by by the end of the season. I'm, think- uh, I'm I think thinking it's the clear. Yeah, it's just a very clear lead into that. I think they're really showing their hand. Uh, a little, a little bit with the way that they've been focusing their dialogue. So, but yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, I, I think that's the that's been one of the troubling things for a lot of the shows on Arrowverse this year, with the exception of I think Legends. Uh, I think all of them kind of showed their hands really, really early, and we're kind of either that or we're just getting better and better at, at looking at this, what's happening and saying. Well, that's very obvious of where exactly this is going to go. And I don't feel like I need to watch the rest of the year. But, hey, <laughs> we have a podcast that's weekly, so we do. Yes, um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, yeah, it feels like this year was a very, uh, very, very predictable across most of these shows this year. And I think uh, we've been pretty much, I think, like what? So out of the two finales we've gotten, we've pretty much called them almost on the on the nose. And uh <laughs> Yeah, I and, think, and I there's going to be is, even more of that when we talk about the next one, too. Yeah, well, like I said, between, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, sorry, third, because uh, Black Lightning completely forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I said, yeah, so it's the downside of I think it's been very by the numbers so far as what we've expected and what we expect to see. So, yes, exactly. Uh, the only other thing I want to make mention of before we talk about next week's episode of Supergirl is I don't know what brought it on. But I'm happy that it did, only because of being a massive fan of the movie that I am. Um, when did they start saying Bangarang? Because <laughs> it, uh, just... it happened twice this episode. And that was the first time I think we've heard them say it. But hey, uh, yeah, sure. If that's Monel's catchphrase now, do it up. I'm fine with it. Uh, like, I'm all I, for it. I'm a massive fan of Hook. So, I mean, you want to keep saying Bangarang in there? Uh, I'm perfectly fine with it. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. And, uh, you know, this episode, I think the only thing we didn't touch upon is the fact that they're going out into space to find well, yeah, another that, one of those statues. That so. was good. That was what was going to lead me into talking about next week. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we see Monel and Kara take, you know, John's ship into space to try and find another one of those rocks, which we see does have an effect on Kara as well, which is why, you know, Monel goes with her. Uh, but looking forward to next week's episode. Uh, Titled Dark Side of the Moon, Season 3, Episode 20, Supergirl is stunned to discover that part of Krypton has survived. Meanwhile, Alex is attacked while, uh, while out with Ruby, and Lena considers how far she will go to keep root, to keep rain contained. Uh, which is another thing we missed about this week too. They, they're kind of under a time constraint now because, uh, rain is adapting to the kryptonite. So yeah. she will soon become immune to it, which means what are they going to use to stop her? Other than reversing a cake recipe mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> pretty much uh cupcakes cupcakes yeah. is the answer to everything so. exactly uh <laughs> all right moving on to the flash season finale season four episode 23 titled we are the flash the team gets help from a surprising ally in their battle against devoe so again w- we talked a little bit about this earlier kind of a lackluster you know finale for everything that we'd mentioned you know we got this build-up of devoe who became not only a became a very formidable villain by the end of everything had multiple abilities you know we got some great moments of fight scenes uh i think it was either last week or two weeks ago when he was at argus was that last week 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. With the opening scene with, you know, him taking the form of John Diggle. Um, this week we get a copy of, uh, Matrix, the Matrix Revolution. Uh, Matrix Reloaded, the Broly Matrix Brawl. Reloaded. It was, yes. yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was the Broly Brawl almost to a T. And <laughs> just as it equally looked bad when you go back to watch Matrix Reloaded now, it also looks horrible on TV. So, hey, um, I, will, I will say there was one cool thing about that moment that I did notice. And it was the fact that when Ralph was riding Barry's back, he turned himself into a cape. Yes, which was pretty cool. I thought that I thought that was pretty cool, and I thought that was a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of originality in this. No, um, no, not at all. Um, it was. It, we called every one of the points that happened in this you, episode. You called, unexpected ally, Marlies, ta-da! Big yep. shock. Other ex- unexpected ally. Ralph, big shock, called that weeks ago as well. <laughs> you, you hey, called, look, Ralph is going to make it out of this okay. Ta-da! You, you called <laughs> Cecile being the one that was probably going to help, you know, bring down DeVoe, which is, that's exactly who it was. Um, yeah, you yeah. called Ralph, you know, surviving by the end and, you know, being inside DeVoe's head. Um, yeah, so just... Uh, yeah, four very... out of five predictions, all dead on. And the other prediction that was made was... One of your predictions being uh, the mystery girl's identity and not the right mis- uh, identity because they completely created something new, but of who that character actually is. Yes. You called. So everything that we were wondering if what was going to happen, we between the two of us called it, called it all. Now, <laughs> so. I, I do want to I do want to bring something about that up because, again, we're going to jump all over the place with this. Yes. Too. Yeah. Um you know, jumping right to the end when we find out who the mystery girl is, she's actually Nora Allen. She's the daughter of Barry and Iris. Um I want to talk a little bit about this because we did find out that after the finale aired, we were supposed to get two big lead-ins into next season. We were supposed to get the reveal of the Mystery Girl, which we got, and we were all supposed to be introduced to the big bads of next season, which Mm -hmm. we did not get. Um, I do believe that, you know, and there are definitely a lot of theories out there that we're with when it comes to Nora, that she is a big proponent to next season obviously she is because they wouldn't have brought her in at the very end of the finale if she wasn't Um, right we did see that moment where barry kind of you know jumps up to punch the satellite to stop it time reverses a couple seconds it happens again and then this time we see an additional fist punching the satellite which leads to two different things when we talk about that first off nora is faster than barry Mm -hmm. she has to be because yeah. she started from behind him, but yet met him at the satellite at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Barry was going nearly as fast as he could, if not faster. So for her to catch up to him, we already know one thing in that Nora is faster than Barry. Yeah. Um, two, we're led to believe that, and this is one of the popular theories out there, is that when Nora says at the end, I, you know, I kind of screwed up. Um, it's an interesting theory that Nora, by helping Barry in that moment, She's created her own flashpoint. Yes. And very, very clearly, I think that's what happened. Um, you know, uh, we can actually get into it now. Uh, let's let's talk about the Nora West Allen of it all first, and then we'll get back into the other stuff, because yeah. I think that's the thing everybody wants to talk about right off the bat, because that's the only thing that really heavily changes. Uh, there's one other small one we'll get to, but um, not a unexpected thing for a flash show to change up a Harrison Wells again. No, um, <laughs> so no, but it was uh, one of my favorite moments of the episode. Yeah, and we'll get into that. But yeah. like, so with Nora, you know, 
the producers did come out and say, hey, you know, when we get into it next season with uh, Nora, what's going to one of the key things that we're going to heavily discuss and focus on with her is every appearance that we saw of her character this season, starting back from the wedding in Crisis on Earth X, they said her appearance in each one of those moments is something that was deliberate and will go. they'll be going back into heavily uh, next season. They said there was a reason for every one of those appearances and why it was her trying to, I guess she has an involvement in what actually happens with those. So I think we're going to see a remix of each one of those scenes next year from what the producers are saying and the showrunners. So, okay. um, so I'm very curious to see how that will play out. So very curious about it. Um, but yeah, I think you're dead on, right? I think the internet's right. I think we've all kind of came to that realization. That's probably where things were going. Uh, and I think it's kind of interesting to see them maybe get close to a character throughout the course of a season and maybe undo her existence by the end of it. So um, I'm very curious to see how that will play out. So. Well, I don't know if we're necessarily going to see her undo her own existence. I do have two things um, that I wanted to to bring to point when it comes to Nora. Um, the first is that by the end of that season of her coming in and thinking, you know, she's she screwed something up and she's got to fix it. Um, my impression was that maybe Barry didn't make it from saving the satellite. And that's why she decided to jump in and, and save him. Um, but if that is in fact the case, that would also mean one particular, one very important thing. And that is Iris is already pregnant. There's uh, that, but ultimately though, too, that means, uh, Iris is already pregnant, but then there's some, some weird things out there too, because even Candace Patton did come out and say, I was like, no, it's going to be a long time before we see Iris pregnant on the show. So there's that. So this could mean that this character is a time remnant because here's a really interesting part of all this. If Barry's dead and Iris is not pregnant, how does she exist? Exactly. And then the only thing we can use in state from what we've seen so far in this version of the flash through the TV shows lens is a time remnant character to kind of try to undo what happened. So that's the only thing we could see as possibilities right now. So it's a big wait and see. And again, too, they could be making some form of change that Candace is not aware of before next season as well. So it Uh, is a big wait and see. The other thing I wanted to bring up, too, is that we actually knew who this mystery girl was from the from the premiere of this season. Mm-hmm. It was revealed to us and nobody really paid attention to it. And I did go back and rewatch that particular scene to find out the first thing said by Barry after he is brought out of the speed force and he is face to face with the rest of the team again. When he turns around and stands up, the first thing he says is Nora is not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. It is automatic. We have known since the beginning who this person was. And it, it did not click into the end. So in that aspect of it, I do enjoy the fact that it was a complete bookend of the season. Yeah. Like we saw Harry speaking in that language. We hear Nora coming into the house and say, this house is bitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we, we see all that gibberish from Flash's return all pulled back into this. So, um, a real nice bookend to the, how the season started. So I will say that I do fully agree. Uh, and I think the Nora West stuff was unique and was interesting and is is got me interested for next year i will say that's 100 percent true um now you brought up the other point that we were also supposed to see and I, we brought up in the news last week we were also supposed to see the tease to the villain uh they did state the reason that did not happen is as it was fully filmed it was fully you know everything was completely edited 
due to time constraints, they were not be able to squeeze that in. So, which was a little disappointing for them to very clearly and shove that down people's throats and say, hey, yeah, you guys are going to get this big tease. Everybody was talking about it. And unless you read that article after the fact, like you watched that episode, I'm like, did I miss something? Yeah. Did I miss something massive? And I went back and watched the episode again. And I'm like, nope, totally didn't miss it. And then the next day that article popped up and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's true. They, they it was just cut. But it does say they did state that they will indeed be showing that footage to people. Uh, and it, all signs are pointing to San Diego Comic-Con is when we're going to get to see that. So, yeah, which I mean, it, it makes some sense that, that that's probably when they're going to show that clip. Hopefully it's something that will pop up online afterwards so that the rest of us normal people who don't get to go to Comic-Con get to see it as well. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it's something we get to see as well, because I would love to see and have more interest. I, I mean, again, it was a lackluster finale. And we've made mention of that a number of times, but behind Legends of Tomorrow, Flash is still my favorite of the Arrowverse shows. And this was no different. I mean, I'm still going to, I still can't wait for next season to see where they're going to go with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I am thoroughly still looking forward to where this is all going to go. So, yeah. um, and yeah, and I think I can just alleviate your concern and everybody else's concern. They did see everyone will have an opportunity to be able to watch the footage. So. Oh, good. So uh, not just people that are there maybe at a convention of sorts. So not to worry. We're going to see it. And we'll talk a little bit about that more in the news. So, Uh, yeah. So, I mean, outside of the whole Nora Allen uh, reveal and everything behind that, we did. Obviously, we we did see an end to DeVoe, which is kind of lackluster, you know, and it, it, it was one of those things that I loved. The, the return of Ralph, which I was something I've been saying for a while, you predicted and was something I was saying I wanted to see because, um, you know, when we get into the annuals this season and we start bringing up our favorite characters, I, I think Ralph is mine. He was my favorite mm-hmm. character from this season. Um, although I don't know, it's, it's still a toss up between him and Wells because Wells is always one of my favorite characters. I think to me, probably more than. Grant Gustin, Tom, I love Tom Cavanaugh, mm-hmm. uh, throughout the run of the season. So it, it'll be a wait and see when we talk, when we talk about the annuals, but seeing, you know, Hartley, Re- Hartley Sawyer return as Ralph Dibney kind of take over being the good inside of DeVoe since the good DeVoe was already dead, uh, which was a nice, right. little, a nice little twist on a way to bring him back and a way to defeat him. But then seeing him as like a holographic version of himself sitting in the chair. Okay, you're a hologram. What the hell can you do? And yeah, they're like, oh, I'm still gonna. And they're like, oh, like. And the funny thing is, like, the way they ended, they just turned the power off of the chair. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, was that necessary at all? That was one of the dumbest things I think I've seen the show do. And it's yeah. kind of like, you have not won. I'm like, boop. Uh, okay, you guys just want to go get a coffee? A coffee? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm good with that. You, you just and see, it was like, like more at least just be like uh, goodbye. You know goodbye and just to turn it off like okay yeah it was uh, i don't know (laughs) it was (laughs) it's kind of like when like the killer at the end of a horror movie comes back and they're like nope boom dead uh but it was it was that but done poorly (laughs) and that's not a good good thing to say about anything no um uh, yeah (laughs) so uh not not the smartest sequence to shoot but hey uh you went for it and uh, you went for it, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, I, you um, know, a kind of lackluster ending to a, a formidable villain that they build up all season as somebody who you know was almost unstoppable, and you stopped him with the flick of a switch. 
Yeah, and I mean, like I said, it did bring us back, though, to last season when we saw uh, the stuff with Savitar and he, him saying this is where you guys come up with the, in the lab for the uh, you know cerebral inhibitors that ultimately lead for you to stopping DeVoe, which we actually do see really come to pass uh, this time around. That's what they use in Cecile to help get Barry's uh, consciousness inside DeVoe. So that was a cool way that they actually are, were able to bring that back in because we did see the inhibitors beforehand and them kind of do nothing. So they did give us the payoff of that, which was nice to see them pull that off. So, yeah. Um, but like, again, again, it felt like there was, a, as we put it, very little weight to the finale of them stopping Clifford because it was basically just it was a sequence inside his head. Uh, and so it's essentially a dream sequence saves the day. It's, it's the best way to put it. So, well, hey. even Cisco, even Cisco calls it what it is. He's like, I've never seen Inception, and that's basically what this is. Is it's a, it's a sequence inside of a sequence. It's you know mm-hmm. them stopping to vote inside of his own head. So it, it, it plays out exactly that way. Now, I do want to say that while it was a lackluster ending to DeVoe, there it, it does lead to one of my favorite, one of my two favorite moments from this episode. Uh, probably the second of the two. The first one we'll talk about in a minute because I'm sure you probably share the same sentiment. And and that is Barry being reunited with Ralph and realizing that he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, you know, saying, I thought I lost you, which leads to f- Ralph finally realizing that he is the hero that he is. And mm-hmm. being able to, you know, burly brawl aside mm-hmm. you know get out and kind of take over take his body back over from the boat, which i thought yeah. was very touching you know the, a moment that moment of reuniting was very was very touching to me yeah no and i really did appreciate that i will say i do agree that that was a uh that was a nice nice moment to at least see the the re the of those characters because I, I really did like Harley Sawyer this year too. I think he was a really fun addition. And I really hope that it's not gonna be a Tom Felton like last year where we get into the start of the next year season and I'm like, where's Hartley Sawyer? Yeah. You know? Uh, so I am a little bit concerned that that's gonna be the case. But you now if he is a normal part of the show next year, a big question that I have for you is, do you think we're going to see him deal with a little bit of PTSD next year? And I would not be surprised because he was basically watching somebody take over his body and kill all these people. And if that's going to impact him as a hero. so I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that we see. I wouldn't be surprised in that at all. I think it would make a very interesting dynamic for his for his character. As long as it's not overdone. Um, you know, cause there were moments this season where he was going back and forth on wanting to be the hero, but being too afraid to be the hero. And it got to a point a couple of times where I knew you and I were like, okay, already, like you were becoming a hero. And now all of a sudden you're taking like three steps back and you know, where did this come from? So as long as they don't overdo it, I think it could add a very interesting dynamic to his character next season. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, so I guess the last real big thing to touch on in this episode, uh, well, two, um, you know, we we do have Marlies helping them out. One of the big issues that I know a lot of people probably have issues with, <laughs> yeah, is and we you know Shad, our good friend, uh, you know, <laughs> didn't state this, and I was already thinking it too. Is was like, why do you just let her go? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I have no idea. And I was thinking the same thing already. And I'm like, ah, that is no. <laughs> I'm like, she's an accessory to murder. Has tried to kill everybody on that team. Uh, framed the are the lead character of the story for murder. Uh, like it's just horrible, horrible things. And she's like, well, 
So long. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm going to go join Greenpeace again. Bye-bye. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, no, that's not how this works. One of the lead people of Team Flash is a cop. I mean, no, that's not how this flies. No, uh, not at all. So, yeah, come on. Well, so, I mean, whatever. Y- you can – there is the whole aspect of it that she was kind of under DeVoe's control. So – she was not – I mean, trust me. I saw the same exact thing. But if you remember correctly, she was kind of under she, – she was under DeVoe's control. She was under a hypnotic state from DeVoe. She wasn't in her element when she was doing all these things, and it wasn't until she came out of that that she decided to go against DeVoe. So while she was still guilty of all these things, kind of, sort of, it wasn't her. But the ultimate thing is the problem is we didn't even see the uh, you there's know, no repercussions. Well, it's it's not that it's it's we didn't even see her under control until like four or five episodes ago. So there's still all the other horrible things she did before that. So before she was under, you know, the uh, well, you know, the, well, the, the, tear, that, the, the tears from the one one meta. She was just so. a, she was just an undercover agent. <laughs> you know, and they do think. No, I agree with you completely. There was no repercussions to her actions. It was just kind of like, um, all right, see ya. And yeah. you know, out the door. So yeah. yeah, I know that was a big <sighs> point of contention as well. But yeah. um before we wrap things up with this episode, obviously, my f- again, a lackluster, I've said that word a number of times throughout this discussion, but there were a couple moments, we already mentioned one or two, that I did really, really enjoy and the biggest one, my favorite moment of it, while kind of sad at the same time, uh, was seeing Harry's brain somewhat restored yes. uh, to its natural state. He's not as brilliant as he once was, but his personality is there. And I thought it was really touching. First off, his first words to Cisco after coming out of it were, you are and always shall be my friend. And Cisco, <laughs> God, like, I thought, that, I thought that was brilliant. Um, uh, I would assume that's our line of the week. Yes, so. it is. Absolutely. That whole, that whole sequence all leading all the way up to, um, I, I guess we should hug and, you know, yeah. them and him saying, you know, I love you to Cisco, which I thought was so touching and, you know, even even earlier on in the episode when he puts the brain helmet, when he puts the thinking cap on for the last time just to kind of get that one last boost to help them. And before he takes it off, you know, hugging Cisco yeah. and looking at him like this is probably the last time he's ever consciously going to be able to do this. Yeah. And knowing that even though they've butted heads so many times this season and been at odds so many times, knowing the respect that Wells had for Cisco. I love you too, you jack wagon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then at the end, you know, when he tells Cisco, you know, you gave me, you brought me back. I might not be the same, but I've always lived my life by my intelligence and you've brought me back in such a way that you've balanced it out. You know, I now have an equal balance between my head and my heart. Yeah. And I thought that was so touching, you know. <laughs> Between those two characters and then him saying, like, he's got to go back to his Earth so that he can – he's he's going to mend ways with Jesse. Yeah. Um, you know, and fix what he's kind of put aside at that. I don't necessarily think um, 
I did post a news story on the Facebook page um, about another project he was taking on. I apologize. I didn't realize it was a movie and not a television series. So I was kind of under the understanding that maybe he wasn't coming back next season. But a lot of people chimed in and said, yeah, he's already signed. And thank God, because that show is not the same without a version of Harrison Wells. Yeah. In- and they did say we're going to get a very new special type of Harrison Wells next year. So. Okay. It's just a question of from what earth will he hail? Um, and again, I'm holding out hope for Wells the Great. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it I know be- it, I know it won't be. But yeah, even if we get one appearance, I'll be happy. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that whole that whole moment with Cisco and Wells and Wells saying goodbye to the gang at the end is is without a doubt my favorite moment from the from the finale. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that was really really well done and good on them. So. Yes, exactly. So that being said, anything else about the finale we might have missed? Uh, nice little quick uh, pop in from uh, from good old Wally. Uh, you know, obviously, Cecile and Joe have the baby. And, you know, we do get to see Wally kind of make an appearance again this season on The Flash. I said this mm-hmm. is a chance for a toast. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But it was good to see them be able to bookend his character there in this season because the, the unceremoniously kind of pushed out the door. Uh, and even hit the writers addressing it was like, well, as long as I was here, I'd always been very shadow, which is very true. And uh, this was the right call for them to move him into Legends territory. So, yeah. Um, the other thing I do want I do want to make mention of too, and I just thought about this, is one of the things I thought of upon the second time, the second viewing of the the finale, is when Ralph refers to all the Devos as Attack of the Clones, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's probably fitting that you're re- you're referring to this villain in in that sense because that movie wasn't that good either. <laughs> Like you said, DeVoe, not a, one of the best villains, but not one of the worst villains in the Arrowverse, though, as well. So yeah, Very true. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up with our talk about the finale. Not really much to talk about as far as the future, because we don't know. Uh, the next season's not going to premiere until September. So we'll see what comes out over the course of the summer. Hopefully we'll get to see that clip relatively soon of what they were going to use to set up. Uh, next season and the villains next season and i'm sure over the course of the summer especially at comic-con we're going to see a bunch of announcements as to castings and and characters and things like that yeah so all right uh, let's so talk about the news yeah so there's not a small amount but not a ton at the same time it's right in the middle so uh first things first though let's do something a little bit on the lighter side uh warner brothers animation shows off a brand new look for dc's superhero girls um so this was previously just kind of like direct to video kind of style shows uh where you got to see you know a little video special on tv on cartoon network here and there you know stuff that was just released you know direct to dvd as we mentioned but uh lauren faust the creator of my little pony friendship is magic and um, Super Best Friends Forever is coming back to redesign the show and re- kind of restart it as a normal, you know, network uh, animated series for uh, for the general populace. So it looks like a brand new cast. We've got Zatanna, Supergirl, Wonder Woman still in the mix. Jessica Cruz's Green Lantern, Bumblebee and Batgirl are going to be our main uh, main cast. So uh, I'm really excited to see the fact that this got picked up. Uh, I know we could always use more DC shows out there, so I think this fits along. <laughs> could we? Uh, you know, I think I think in cartoon format, I think this is a really great way for uh, the young generation to kind of 
have a, a connection point. So I think this is a really smart move. And, you know, we already have shows like uh, Justice League Action out there and Teen Titans Go. So adding a third pillar on Cartoon Network is not a bad idea, I think, still. So, uh, you know, again, this is it's, it's got a specific audience built in for it. You know, obviously, you know, this is going to be more for like, you know, a younger female audience. But I'm sure, again, at the same point in time, though, too, I, there's going to be plenty of there if you already love established DC stuff. But uh, that's one of the things that people talked about very heavily about Lauren Faust is, you know, what was a show like My Little Pony kind of broke a lot of barriers for a lot of people. Both boys and girls were equally enjoyed it, including adults. So uh, I have a feeling we're going to see that same kind of formula brought into the show. So I wouldn't be surprised if this blows up and blows up in a big way. So I never got into or understand or understood the whole brony thing. But that's, <laughs> that's just me. I've seen a couple episodes here and there, and while it was cute, and I think I can understand the appeal, you know, still not my cup of tea. But hey, uh, I know plenty of people that do enjoy it, and uh, more power to them. So, uh, not everything is for everybody. Nope. Uh, but jumping into the film world, let's look at something here specifically. Zach Levi did share a first full shot of uh, some art, paperwork, and posters for Shazam, and showing him in full suit. And uh, sipping out of a uh, soda cup, uh, which I thought was absolutely fitting for this character. So he looks uh, awesome. I cannot wait does. for this film. He does. He he looks like the perfect embodiment of this character. So, um, like I said, I'm sure it won't be too much longer before we maybe start seeing some early, uh, early, actual full on teasers for this. I know obviously we're going to see something for Aquaman first, and this will probably be coming shortly after. So. Uh, jumping into uh, a little bit more movie discussions, uh, The Flash finds a new production designer, uh, that being Dredd's Mark Digby, which is not a bad call in my mind. If you have seen Dredd, uh, it kind of mirrors off of uh, movies like The Raid and The Raid 2 and does an, it just incredibly awesome kind of you know action film and that had a gorgeous look to it. And uh, them using somebody like that and slipping in to do this with the flash, I think is not a bad call. So I think it's nice to see that's building up. You know, obviously we've got, you know, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, uh, leading this movie. And I think after watching, uh, game night, I, you know, I have, a have thoughts that I think they're, they're going to be a good mix for this. Uh, there was a great sense of humor in that, but the same way that was shot like a drama and a thriller. And, uh, I think they, they showed that they have a, they probably have a very unique vision for this movie, and I think they might be the right call. Uh, they're they're very large, up and coming, you know, people in in uh, the motion picture industry, and I think Warner Brothers finally made a right call by tapping somebody early on in their careers and giving them the ability to do something special. So. I have uh, I have two questions for you. One, mm -hmm. um, what were your thoughts on Game Night? Very quickly, did you like it or did you not like it? Because I've been meaning to watch it and I haven't watched it yet. Uh, it is very different. Again, as I mentioned, it is a it's it's a comedic movie that is done and it's shot exactly like a crime drama or a thriller. So it's not shot like a way a normal traditional uh, comedy is shot. So that does make you look at it a little bit differently. Um, but at the same time, though, too, it was a fun movie, but also one of those ones I think it was maybe still a forgettable comedy. I, I don't think there have been really good, strong this fresh comedies out there in quite some time that really stood the test of time. And, uh, you know, again, comedy is very subjective though. So I think it's very yeah. tricky. Uh, my other question, when you mentioned dread, is this, was this the Carl urban dread? Yes. This okay. Was the Carl, Carl urban I, dread. I surprisingly really enjoyed that movie. Oh, well, a lot of people in thoroughly enjoy that movie. It is a very, very good movie. Yeah. Um, so that is one of those things. If you haven't seen it, that's a, another recommendation for me this week is uh, go back and check out Dread. Um, 
that is a movie that not a lot of people paid attention to, uh, especially after the Sylvester Stallone Dread movie, and understandably so. But uh, <laughs> that is a really awesome, wonderful superhero movie. Yeah. So. Uh, jumping into a little bit of Wonder Woman stuff, uh, there is a couple things going on here. First things first, it looks like that uh, Warner Brothers has most definitely registered a ton of website domains, and I'll read them off for you real quick. Uh, obviously, a lot of people are expecting one of these is the actual title for this. Now, bear in mind, there's about 12 here. So, Wonder Woman 1980, Wonder Woman 1981, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, and 89. So, obviously, we already know Wonder Woman is taking place in the 1980s. It's the question of which year, and maybe that's what they're going to do. Uh, then there's Wonder Woman Arrives, Wonder Woman Cheetah, Wonder Woman Lives, Wonder Woman Woman, uh, Minerva, Wonder Woman Part 2, uh, then Wonder Woman Part 2 with Roman numerals, Wonder Woman Returns, and Wonder Woman Rises. So uh, they basically just they just grabbed everything that they could. Now, see, if so, we were smart, we would have thought of this ahead of time, mm-hmm. grabbed a bunch of these, especially like Wonder Woman Part 2 and, and such, and we could have made a fortune. Yeah. Because no, Warner definitely. Brothers would have contacted us to buy them off of us. Yep. Man. Yeah, but hey, it's all good. Let's look uh, online and see if Shazam, the Shazam the movie is taken. <laughs> Actually, just, let's just get right now Shazam, a rock of eternity. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah exactly. I'm going to call that one as a potential sequel <laughs> title right now. Um, but something interesting, though, here as well is uh, it sounds like we are going to get a brand new costume for Wonder Woman in the sequel. So um, the question is, if we're going to see more of the kind of new you know the new 52 where would they see an alteration or are we going to see uh you know the uh rebirth kind of style suit you know so either or i have a feeling we're going to be seeing some different looks and takes to her which is great i think they've already had uh, a lot of fun with what they've done it sounds like though we also got confirmed the original production designer already has teamed back up with uh, patty jenkins so uh, same costume designers, production designers are working together that worked on the first film. So if you did not like the the look and the feel of the Amazonians in Justice League, uh, you'll be happy to know that this will tie more to the exact look that we saw in the first film. So, and last but not least, and this is plug your ears. I'm going to get through this really quickly. If you don't want potential spoilers for Wonder Woman two, well. Set videos revealed the return of a major character, and it's a character I'm sure we all expected to see come back. Um, but that is, and I will say this now, plug your ears in three, two, <laughs> one. Uh, video has already been taken offline, but shots of Steve Trevor on set of the second film has already been found. So uh, so Chris Pine more than likely coming back in some way, shape or form. I mean, that's the thing when you have gods, it's very easy to bring somebody like that back if they want to. So. Uh, it could also be flashbacks as well. Could very well be flashbacks as well. So, uh, but yeah. So, all right. And uh, so that does it for our Wonder Woman 2 discussion. Now into the TV world. Uh, a couple things this week. Uh, we did find out a little bit more about what's to come for a few shows for next year. Uh, while one show specifically is still running right now, being Supergirl, uh, it sounds like we are going to potentially be seeing Manchester Black as our big bad for next year. It sounds like they, there was a casting call for a British actor of any ethnicity between their 20s and 30s and is being sought for the role of Chester Green uh, and could bring a sword to a gunfight and yet, yet end up still victorious. Uh, and uh, there's no mention of any kind of superpowers in this in these listings and breakdowns. Uh, my guess is, again, this is a nice touch back to, to Manchester Black, who was introduced back in 2001. Uh, but in addition to that, though, there's also a character currently just being re- uh, revealed and referred to as Nia Nial. 
Uh, and it's going to be a trans woman character uh, in her early 20s open ethnicity. And uh, no idea currently, and people are wondering if she's going to be based off an established DC character or not. But uh, she's going to be a former uh, political speech writer who starts working at CatCo as later one of their later uh, latest journalists. But it sounds like she will indeed be a superhero. Uh, so very curious to see how this will come into play. So, uh, but props to CW for that. So I think it's a really great kind of um, you know cast a choice in addition, as I even mentioned online. Um, you know, I know some people are feeling a little worried about some of this stuff. And, you know, I, I will say, though, as out of all the shows, this is the best fit, um, I think, to do something like this. And I think that's because Supergirl has always been a fish out of the water story. And, um, you know, we've seen a lot of these shows tackle some big things. And I think um, for a character like Kara, who had a hard time fitting in, uh, bringing in a trans character is fits very nicely with the, what this message of the show has done. So uh, I think... Uh, Props to them, and I really hope that this is just a fun character that we get to uh, enjoy next year. So um, jumping into Arrow uh, Season 7, we do have a couple things going on. Uh, first things first, and the most important thing that's ever happened in the Arrowverse up until today, uh, Ollie will finally be rocking his goatee. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, this is almost as important as Streaky the Supercat being part of Supergirl's lore. So uh, just making sure everybody's <laughs> well aware of this and the importance of this. So, uh, But it doesn't sound like it may be lasting the entirety of the season. But the, uh, Stephen did say he is definitely debuting the goatee uh, this coming year, and he promises to keep it. As long as he can, but it's not staying forever. But he definitely promised he will not wear that little stupid hat. So, <laughs> oh god. Um, and then, like I said, we do know uh, some other things that are happening. Uh, we have two additional characters that are joining into the fray. Uh, I don't know if we've gotten in full introduction of both of them, but um, uh, we do know one of the newest additions is an ambitious young anti vigilante recruit at the SCPD. Uh, and then, like I said, going through, uh, they're going to have some difficulties dealing with uh, Team Arrow and is being described as being the vigilante uh, to or sorry, being the uh, vigilante uh, to like, oh, God, this is written horribly. Whoever wrote this copy is just <laughs> not on their game that day. So basically the best way I'll, I'll I'll sum up what they're trying to say. But I think they missed a lot of words in their statement. Um, they basically said. This is to Buffy, uh, to like basically to, you know, like what vampires were as Buffy is to them. So, um, is the best way I guess they kind of put it is kind of, you know, the anti vigilante to the vigilantes as Buffy is to vampires is I think what they're trying to say. Um, (laughs) So, um, and let's see. They did say also joining in Felicity and Mr. Terrific, uh, is another successful tech whiz, uh, who is going to probably be another, uh, relationship angle for Curtis this year and, uh, who has a heartbreaking past. So not a big shock. Uh, and the last but not least, uh, jumping into the flash, as we mentioned earlier, there was some discussions of that villain. And now some people have figured out that may indeed be David Hirsch, a.k.a. Cicada. Um, and we're going to see a little bit more about that, hopefully, by San Diego Comic-Con. But it says, uh, after a mysterious interaction with Dark Matter, he was given not only immortality, but the gift to disable other meta's human powers or metahumans powers. Sorry. He blames Metis for everything that has gone wrong in his life, and because of that, his mission is to wipe the Central City free of them in order to silence his uh, his own anguish. Uh, so everybody's wondering if that's kind of going to go along those lines. Uh, so it's a big wait and see. So uh, right now, they're currently referring to the character as Desmond Paul for the, uh, I think, uh, the readings for who is uh, reading for the character. So it's we'll wait and see. 
but that wraps it up for the news this week. Cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, one thing I wanted to make mention of before we go into the recommendations, and Rob, this is more specifically for you than anybody else. I didn't tell you this yet, but guess what I finished the other day? You finished Young Justice, didn't you? I did. Isn't that really good? Now it you is. understand why people are angry that there wasn't a third season? <laughs> yes, I completely <laughs> understand. But it was great finishing it up knowing now that there is a third season coming. So, yeah, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. I pushed through it pretty pretty quickly once I got started with it. I mean, it's I haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but I've been um, taking some time from the, the normal uh, nine to five work and, and focusing on some other stuff like putting this convention together and uh voiceover work and the podcast and things like that. So I've had some extra time. I, I jumped back into Young Justice and finished that but finished that up. Now I'm I'm trying to push through the West Wing, which has no relation to anything that we're talking about on this podcast. But um I'm really enjoying that as well. So um yeah, so in my in my free time I got to to finish finally finish Young Justice. Awesome. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, fun very cool. Uh, so, but recommendations for this week. Uh, I know you and I kind of share a very similar one. You mentioned one already, uh, that being Dread, which mm-hmm. I, I share that one as well. I think that was a, that's a movie that I honestly enjoyed a lot more than I thought it would. But uh, this past Thursday night, you and I got to go to opening of another movie. So I'll let you mention this one. So that, I think me and Ben both agree that Solo is well worth your time, but it might not be for some of you. (laughs) So It's uh, very split right now. It's a very divisive movie. I will say for somebody that has lived and breathed Star Wars for a long, long, long time of my life and have consumed way too many comic books, graphic novels, uh, nailed the Legends brand, um, you know, and then even the new books, you know, watched pretty much every show you could throw at me. That has Star Wars involved in it. And um, I walked away from this thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, I think this was in a, a wonderful – it was – while may not be necessary Star Wars movie, uh, I still think it was a wonderful Star Wars movie. I think it was a beautiful tieback. And I know, again, we sold this with 13 other people and not a single one of us walked out of that theater um, – not sharing, not sharing exactly what we felt. I don't even think a single one of any of the people that we walked with walked out with a single complaint. Um, I know that is not the same as most critics. Most of our, a lot of other friends that are not part of our, our, our group of people that we normally see stuff with. Um, and you know what though? I, I will, I personally will stand by that and I will stand by that one till the end of days that this was a wonderful movie that brought some wonderful, cool and added you know, wrinkles into the Star Wars universe and changes the way that we look at a whole bunch of things. And, uh, man, that was awesome. I really thoroughly enjoyed a lot of what they did with that. So. Yeah. No, I mean, there were, there were particular moments of the movie. I know some of our listeners like Shad and Paul, they, they've had the opportunity to see it and they've posted online, um, that they were just kind of like, meh, it was okay. And I know some other friends of ours, like our friend Tony, who, uh, Tony Kim from, um, Hero Within, uh, you know, has said like he wasn't crazy about it. So you're right. It's a very divisive movie, but all of our group of friends really enjoyed it. There were moments in that movie that, I mean, it, you would need a ruler to measure the smile on my face. Yes. Um, um fully, you know, fully agree. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a particular run that I'm quoting with my fingers that you can't see because it's a podcast, um, that we get to see a lot of and, um, 
you know, I was smiling hugely through all of that. A lot of other great little moments that were really cool tie-ins to the, the rest of the Star Wars universe. And, um, I, I gotta say, you know, I, it was something I predicted. It was the main reason I went into the movie in the first place. But Donald Glover, as well as L3, man, they stole, they stole the movie. Yeah. And, uh, very, very blown away with them. Uh, wonderful, um, version of Chewie in this as well. Yes. And, uh, and honestly, uh, our, our brand new Han Solo, uh, I think really, um, held his own. I think he, he did a really good job with the, the role. I was a little worried about 20 minutes in and, uh, you definitely see him find his groove. And I, I think I really appreciated that he wasn't trying to be Harrison Ford and allowed, you know, himself to do his own version and take on that character. But you'd still felt like Han Solo by the end of that film. Yeah. So, and as if, oh, and God, with not spoiling anything, but, the big character at the end was was a great kind of uh yeah some some beautiful ties back to things yes. like clone wars and rebels that had i saw a lot of people do double takes in the theater and just be blown away our at... friend our one friend chris mannix was literally the only person in the theater that cheered <laughs> when a I... particular character showed up on i know you were kind of cheering on the inside but he like was oh, the only I, no, person I, who let out like an audible cheer. I, I didn't. I didn't make an audible cheer. I honestly double taked so hard looking <laughs> at my wife with my jaw on the floor and back at the screen, <laughs> and like I was like five in that moment. It was wonderful. So I was really uh, very just just blown away. Very yeah. very just happy with what they did here. So yes, and I I really hope that they. Uh... I don't know if you can make a sequel of a prequel, but um, there's so much more they can do with this now because there's they set it up if, time. They set it up if they wanted to. But like I said, at the same time, though, too, if they wanted to do this as a standalone, you can kind of mentally fill in what probably happens next. And oh, that's yeah. fine. And I think that worked perfectly. So, yeah. And I will say one final thing, as if I didn't already love her from Game of Thrones, uh, this movie sealed the deal on Amelia Clark being one of the most gorgeous women in Hollywood right now. And I honestly, absolutely and love her. Hooray that she got past her Terminator curse. Um, <laughs> yes. And appeared in a movie that was really actually wonderful and fun. Yes. Um, so. so yeah, I'm going to share that recommendation with you as well. I don't really know if I have anything else that I would recommend personally on top of that. Oh, my lost podcast. That's what I recommend. Uh, we've, we recorded our first episode of the podcast, which deals with the two part pilot of the show, uh, does not premiere, does not premiere on our website and on our t- iTunes and such until June 1st. So there's still a little time. Uh, if you've never watched the show Lost, or if even if you have and you've been looking for a reason to go back, uh, now's the perfect time to do it. Start now, watch the two-part pilot, and then you can listen to our breakdown, and then you'll have another two weeks to watch the next two episodes before we put out another season. So if you're a fan of Lost, I encourage you to uh, like and subscribe to this podcast as well. Uh, like I said, we'll be going online June 1st. So that's my only other recommendation. Very cool. Uh, cheap plugs. And then we will get out of here uh, as it is Memorial Day weekend. So I'm sure you're not feeling well. I'm going to give you some time to rest. And I'm basically just lounging out today anyway. So uh, you can find this podcast as well as all other podcasts here on the Next Level Podcast Network, www.nextlevelradioonline.com, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. And, of course, you can find the Facebook page for this podcast, 
Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. And lastly, the voicemail for DC Primetime, where you can give us a call, leave us a message with any kind of feedback you would like. Uh, 1-888-247-5380. Again, 888-247-5380, toll-free in the U.S. and Canada. And uh, you can always find me through the Next Level Radio podcast network as well at nextlevelradioonline.com through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. We are going to be recording the board game episode finally tomorrow um, <laughs> after I'm probably getting pushed back two two different times now. So, uh, But very happy that we'll be able to bring that to you. That Hopefully that'll be out to everybody by Wednesday, maybe if not Thursday morning. Um, I will be away this weekend coming. So the podcast next week will be delayed. Uh, I have to go away to Phoenix, Arizona for work and we'll not be back. Yeah. No, I I think you told me about it already. (laughs) So that's fine. I I think we just both forgot about it. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Because I forgot about it again. Well, I mean, we only have an episode of Supergirl to talk about anyway. And then, um, which is going to be interesting because we're going to be talking about, you're not going to be hearing about the episode of Supergirl until after the latest one airs, Um, which is fine. I mean, we could always record it early too. It's possible. We'll because see what we can only, do. Because since that's all we're talking about, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a wait and see. But uh, like I said, we'll see. If not, like I said, we'll probably just record that Monday when I get home. Because, um, again, I just have to watch a single episode. So Yeah, exactly. Because I probably don't want to do three podcasts in like the course of three days. So that'll be probably a little too much for me. But So we'll just record when I get back. And uh, you'll get the podcast just a day late. So. Yeah. So, uh, yay. Yay. And I think you guys, are you recording... Um, you guys are recording the gaming one tomorrow or tonight when people are hearing this. Yes, yes, okay. yeah, we're recording at five p.m. So uh, a little earlier than normal. So gotcha. Um, all right. So with that being said, again, only one episode to talk about next week, and that is the next episode of Supergirl. As all the shows have wrapped, so uh, maybe we'll find something to fill in the time. If not, it'll be another shorter episode. Uh, But we encourage you guys to enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the rest of your week. And until we come back, uh, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.